Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What you brought me today is worth... Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. And I'm your host, Ryan Key. We're here for the first of our mini-sodes, so to speak, which, as you may know, will be known as... One Quarter Portion. If you've listened to our first episode, episode zero, you'll also know that these One Quarter Portion shorter format episodes are something that we're doing on alternating weeks. So we'll have a longer format deep dive into a film or something, and then a one-quarter portion alternating weeks. Today, we're talking about two pieces of news, older news, but still ongoing topics. We're talking about two new Disney Plus shows in the works. We've got the Cassian Andor series and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming to Disney Plus next year, it looks like, 2021. Is both, that the vibe? Yeah, both series seem to be starting production in early this year, spring this year. Most of that is rumored, but it seems to be the deal. I know the Cassian show is shooting in London and starts soon, so probably 2021, yeah. yeah. And I would say you and I probably fall into the category of fans who think that it's a good thing that we get all this content, Star Wars content. For you know, sure. I know there, there's a camp that feels like it's oversaturated. But I've always kind of come back with the argument of like, okay, well, if some of it's not good, just don't watch it, you know, (laughs) because why would we not want them to be making as much stuff, as much content as possible? Because a lot of it's going to be really fucking good, as we've now seen with, you know, Rogue One and and the Mandalorian. And it's just it's it's not I don't think it's up for debate that there's not going to be amazing stuff being created. So my hopes are high for both of these series because I just want to see more Star Wars. Yeah. And I I think. I think it's going to do something to expectations in a way that will like sort of lighten or or lessen the pressure and the extreme expectations on the sort of tentpole feature films. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got a new, a new trilogy starting in 2022. I think number one, we're done with the Skywalker saga. So that's probably a relief for everyone on the inside. And with more content, I feel like, you give more people what they want out of the universe instead of expecting these tentpole films to give you everything to all these different age groups, all these different personality types and the whole fucking nine yards, you know, it's all new stuff now. It's all, you know, we're not tying off any loose ends. We're we're either, we're either going back in time to tell cool stories, which I think segue into the Obi-Wan series starring the one and only Mark Renton himself, Ewan McGregor. That was a train spotting reference for anyone who didn't. Sorry. (laughs) Ewan McGregor, coming back. Dude, you know what, though? I don't want to get off on a tangent on something that's supposed to be short, but <laughs> I remember being 19, 18, I guess, at the time when they announced episode one, they announced the cast. Yeah. Well, first they announced they were doing the films, and I was like, damn, you know who'd be a good young Obi-Wan? Ewan McGregor. Really? As a teenager, I was like, he'd be so fucking sweet, because I had just seen Trainspotting. What a film. Fucking great. Still one of my all-time, an actor. all-time favorites. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's incredible. 
So let's talk about the series a little bit and talk about our expectations. I'm a big fan of concepts like this where we're going to go back and examine something in the past. And I think that we have two really good examples already made and already in the world in the Star Wars universe that you can go watch right now in Rogue One and The Mandalorian that have done that and done it extremely well. To be able to go to the theater and see Rogue One when it came out and see, for example, you know, all the stormtroopers still just the same stormtroopers they were in 1977, but in a film that came out in 2015 was so rad. It was so nostalgic, but it also just felt so current at the same time. And yeah, I think that's why Rogue One, you know, was such a hit for the most part with the whole universe of, of fans. But yeah, so, so I think what I'm most excited about, and we can get into the details, but of doing a show like this Obi-Wan show is that we're going to be going back in time and like looking at something that happened that we didn't get to see as opposed to, as I said a few minutes ago, like not tying off loose ends or ending a story right or wrong. You know, it's like this is at a point in the story where we don't, we're not looking for answers. We're just looking for cool, like a cool story to watch, you know? Yeah. And doing this as a series, a serialized kind of like short run series, it's going to be one hour episodes, only six you know, same director through the whole thing, supposedly. Deborah Chow, right? Yes. She's directed uh is the last last episode or second to last episode. Second to last of the Mandalorian. Chapter seven of the Mandalorian and a lot of other cool stuff too. She's directed a lot of cool television in her time. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff with like great character development, which is what this is gonna be. Yeah. It's not gonna be an adventure story that has to be wrapped up and, you know, check all these boxes. She's got boxes to check, no, but it's really she's done stuff like Better Call Saul, Mr. Robot. Yeah. I mean thing things where like the characters are super important, the development of the characters in those shows. And I think it's going to ground this in a different place than you would expect. And I, and I say that because our strongest connection to Hugh McGregor is through his portrayal of Obi-Wan in the prequels. And we could talk about the prequels till we're blue in the face. But, you know, the, the kind of vibe of those, in my opinion, that those films were definitely being made for a younger audience. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to be the vibe with this. I, th- I think you are going to get more of that rogue one sort of for lack of a better word like realistic feeling you know like raw emotion raw like war film is kind of what rogue one felt like to me you know and i think with someone like her directing based on the stuff she's done already i just think it's going to be really grounded yeah i think it's going to be a cool way to see obi-wan and you think about the context think about what this dude's going through emotionally at this point in his life this is going to be eight years after revenge of the sith so between the prequels and the original star wars trilogy so he's just, as far as he knows, killed his best friend. Wounds are fresh. Right. I read that he, you McGregor talked about Order 66 being a part of the show. Yeah. So obviously that's fresh on his mind is the Jedi Order is being, has, has been for the most part exterminated. We're going to see, like you said, not something for little kids, but a very grown up look at this as opposed to what we've seen in Rebels. I mean, Rebels matures later. I've heard I've only watched the first season. But, I mean, it's a cartoon. It's very much for kids. So despite being post-Order 66 and some Jedi stuff there, it's not going to be fucking dark and gnarly like like this could potentially be. So it's exciting. Right. And, and I think the excitement around The Mandalorian, which has its moments being pretty dark and, and, and twisted for a live-action Star Wars show, 
I think that they have to be, that has to play into like, we should keep going in that direction with this content, you know? For sure. Wasn't it rumored to be a film at one point? Just a regular feature film, kind of like a Star Wars story? Yeah. I, so I think this is cool. We get six hours of, of content instead of two. Right. The, the We could talk rumors a little bit. We don't really want this to be a rumor show and like a news show, but a uh, rumor that Joel Edgerton, who played Uncle Owen at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he's hinted. Right. Yeah. I think the way I read that was it's like not a rumor that he's going to be in it. It's more like fact that he said he would. Be you know, I think he's kind of hinted like, yeah, I would totally do that. Just like you and McGregor was hinting, even though we know now that he had known for four years about this. As soon as I guess the Disney acquisition happened, they got into talks. Yeah. So he's been on board, signed on for four years for this shit and has been just lying to everyone he knows. Right. Until they announced it at D23 this past August. So this dude could be in the same position. For sure. And I think the rumor that I would be most excited about is, I don't know how this could be a rumor. It has, this has to be it. Like it has to be in it. The question is going to be, is the story eight years later, has he been on Tatooine looking over Luke all eight years? Right. Or is this story sort of how he, you know, is the script to this going to be how he ended up getting to Tatooine? You know, where, right. where that's going to live in his timeline, I'm not sure. But yeah. if, if it's going to be him on Tatooine, obviously who wouldn't be like super jacked up that we're going to get to see like an eight year old Luke running around Tatooine and, and like having run-ins with a middle-aged Ben Kenobi. Yeah. I mean, that's great potential. Meeting him just like in the streets of probably not Mos Eisley. He's probably, probably not yeah. kicking it there yet. Can you take your kids to Mos Eisley? <laughs> just, uh, you know, meeting him around and like, how did all that happen? You know what I mean? How, he, yep. he knows him when he sees him. Right. Right. So, and he definitely knows of him yeah. you know, when they're talking about him around the dinner table. He's, you know, drinking the blue milk. He knows. Yeah. So, dude, I'm also like super interested to see how and if they bring in Qui-Gon because you know that we close episode three with Yoda making mention of Qui-Gon learning to speak through the force from beyond the grave. Right. So you'd have to imagine he'd force ghosts to Obi-Wan. I mean, yeah, as Obi-Wan is finding his way in this post order 66 world you have to imagine that whether or not you can get liam neeson to sign on for episodic television is one thing classic neesons yeah <laughs> willie and neesons um but uh i think um i think it would be amazing and i think it, it's classic star wars you know that, that Dude, the, ma the master to the padawan you know what if fucking i promise you i promise you if liam neeson is in this key and peel are trying to work out trying to get in there to be extras or something at least and be present. <laughs> sure. Give him full. Give, hey, here we go. Kathleen, give Key and Peele, Jordan and Keegan, I should say roles. Just give them roles. Just put them put on them Tatooine. The put them in there. Yeah. Like make them like bartenders at the cantina or like <laughs> yeah. mechanics at the spaceport, you know, but regulars like they're in it a lot. I want that shit. Yeah. Good idea. But you have to imagine as well, like Yoda, like you, you think about like, what it takes once lucas wrote five and six officially and all that shit came out and you know then wrote the prequels and did all that the retconning that kind of had to take place to fix the fact that one of the kids that vader's not supposed to know about is in the place where he fucking grew up you know right right so there's got to be some heavy shit going on there like whether it's yoda like remotely using the force to like hide them you know what i mean i've always thought that that just my opinion was a tool like a writing tool that George Lucas used the kind of hidden in plain view. Yeah. 
I've always thought that he put them on, put him on Tatooine on purpose because it's the last place, you know, that Vader would look because yeah. his memory of that place is such a terrible thing for him. Right. And it's brought so much trauma and darkness into his world that I think the decision to take Luke to Tatooine was to protect him and, and put him there because it's the last place that Vader would return to. Yeah. That's how I always thought it was written. And I guess in an effort to fully kill Anakin, he would sort of shut that place out of his memory, I guess. Yeah, for sure. You don't want no part of that shit. <laughs> and, and lastly, last thing I want to say, I would love to see sort of parallel stories of Obi-Wan sort of becoming this protector, dealing with all the dark shit, all the emotion, having, as far as he knows, killed his best friend, and then finding out that there is this, like, this new villain. Mm-hmm. And maybe he figures out Vader is Anakin during this series, maybe not. Nonetheless, tell the parallel story of Anakin, now Vader, going through everything, being like... There was this great book that came out, uh, I think, which is Legends now, right after episode three, about him him dealing with like the suit and he's got, he's missing literally midichlorians from his body. Cause he's missing body parts, you know? So he, he doesn't feel as powerful. He fucking right. hates Palpatine, all the shit. That's really emotional stuff. It would be cool to see these parallel stories. That would be cool to see them both in this story, but you know, it would be cooler. Also, this is another message for my friend, Kathleen, uh, up in the corner office. <laughs> Let's just do a Vader series. Shit, yeah. Let's just do a whole series describing everything you just said. Yeah. But if that's too much to ask, I agree. It would be cool to intertwine their journeys somehow. The comics are cool. The VR shit's cool. But give us all of it, please. Yeah, please. So uh, Obi-Wan, the series, coming 2021. Super stoked. Can't wait. Let's talk uh, Cassian Andor series. Yeah, not as much information on this one has been put out into the world. But I think that you've all deciphered through this episode what a fanboy of Rogue One I am. So <laughs> I'm really, really stoked for this. I, I really like Diego Luna. I think I think he killed it in the movie. And I when they announced that this was going to be a thing, I, I was just super stoked. And I think a lot of it was because so much of my love for Rogue One came from that like retro vibe. You know, yeah. I was so drawn to like my childhood and my my original Star Wars experiences while watching that movie. And I think if they're going to do a whole series with kind of like the Mandalorian just did in, in a big way, too, for me. But, you know, just classic stormtroopers classic vehicles and, and weapons and ships and all that. It's just, I think it's going to feel amazing and I'm, I'm has to be done with the same, you know, meticulous care to the old versions of things as they did with rogue one. Yeah. I say it has to be, if they don't, they're going to drop the ball. So I'm hoping they do pay that much attention. Dude, for me, I actually, when they announced this, I wasn't that stoked. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll take that. I think because, and this is something that I hear from a lot of people in discussions about this show that we, we didn't get enough Cassian Andor in Rogue One. And I agree, which is kind of like why I wasn't that stoked, because I, I didn't get as invested in him, because it was such an ensemble cast, there was so much shit to do. Yep. So I would love to see, just based on the one line he said, something like, uh, you wouldn't believe some of the shit I've done for this rebellion kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's why that has to be the spark that, you know, the spark that ignited. <laughs> that had to have been what... what made this idea come to fruition like we should make this show because yeah because of that line how much material is that to write about it's awesome yeah kathleen kennedy referred to it at d23 as well right um yeah as a spy thriller which is i think going to be amazing to see almost like a genre series it's, within the star wars universe with these characters i was just going to say that i think part of what got me excited about this was i was probably mid 
whichever season I don't remember, but I was mid viewing of Jack Ryan on nice. Prime Video and like so into my spy game shit mm-hmm. that when I heard about this and that 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 being the genre, the theme of the show, I was I don't know, I was just in spy mode. So yeah, I, I got hyped. When we get uh, we get K two S O coming back, Alan Tudyk, so stoked, dude. The best. One of the best characters, one of the best yeah. post-original trilogy Star Wars characters made, in my opinion. As far as non-cute puppy dog droids go, yeah, it's true. probably my favorite. Yeah, he just did it, it like the humor was real, you know, it was like n- none of it was was like cagey or cheesy, just super well written. Yeah. And i um, excited to see the two of them like really explore a relationship, Han and Chewie, Luke and 3PO style, you know? Yeah. And then we get Tony Gilroy writer from uh, Rogue One directing the pilot episode of this and supposedly multiple episodes. I think he's the perfect person to continue the writing vibe, the visual vibe of Rogue One and bring it to a series. Well, I think if he's going to be the writer, that ties into what I was just saying. I think one of the coolest things about the show is going to be K2SO's character because I think that the writing for that character was such an essential part of Rogue One. And so it's really cool to hear that Gilroy's on board as the primary writer because you know he he knows the character he's part of the creation of him yeah it's really gonna be interesting there's probably a lot more interesting shit than you and i know of since we haven't watched all of rebels the way that we're gonna tie in here or maybe tie up storylines from rebels the way it's all gonna intersect potential of getting ahsoka tano in this series in live action which will be so sick yeah and she she's a member of the fulcrum network of rebel spies that all, all the characters of rogue one are a part of as well so seeing that shit come together is going to be amazing bail organa jimmy smith is going to need that that fucking uh <laughs> that new de-aging shit they just put on <laughs> facial cgi they just put on <laughs> the irishman yeah de niro we'll see saw Gerrera. dude that if saw Gerrera is going to be in the show and they can get forrest whitaker to be in the episodes that would be just legendary be so good dude i feel like they're not fucking around with this they're yeah. putting out real money i agree and i'm in mid fallen order playing through the game nice when i have the time i sit down and try to knock out like 30 minutes or something spoiler sagrera's in the game and i i don't know I, I never looked it up to see if it's actually forrest whitaker's voice voicing the character in the game but if it's not whoever they got to do it did his homework because it sounds like forrest whitaker so i'm like if you do the video game you probably do the show yeah but i mean look it's known i think that rogue one or at least would you agree with me that out in the internets it's like the most beloved of the new universally loved i should say of the new content would be rogue one as far as the least people bitching the least disagreements over you know what was in it and what wasn't in it and so having that the team that created that come back for this live action show is going to be awesome i think it's going to be great and with The Mandalorian Season 2 being fall this year, we could potentially get this next spring, Obi-Wan the following fall or vice versa. And then Mando Season 3. Dude. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. It's fucking Listen, awesome. friends that are upset that there's too much Star Wars, that's just not a thing. They're not your friends anymore. Just fucking just <laughs> cut it off. Just, just don't watch it if you don't like it, you know? Agreed. Cool, man. I think, uh, I think that was a solid first one-quarter portion episode. I agree. So, like we said, it might be small discussions like this. It might be things, maybe leftovers from longer episodes that we couldn't fit. Maybe things submitted by you guys. If you want to hear what we have to say about so-and-so that doesn't necessarily justify a full-blown episode, hit us with messages on Patreon and we'll try to work it in. I think that having you guys, the listeners, suggest stuff for these episodes is actually really going to be helpful for us because 
there will certainly be times where we're like, uh, what do we got 15 minutes for? Right. So that'll be really cool. So yeah, social media, you can find me everywhere at William Ryan Key. And you can find me everywhere as well at Adam the Skull. The podcast itself, you can find on Instagram at ThinkTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThinkTheMaker1. It's just the number one at the end. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ThinkTheMakerPod. So we'll talk to you guys next week with a full episode. Until then, may the force be with you. 